Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show. And we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. These dudes, man, these dudes, boy, these dudes, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, for, for a player that has retired over 20 years ago, that was that has been retired for over 20 years, in the case of MJ, it's just amazing to me that dudes to this day uh, are still trying to knock MJ off of his off of his pedestal, which is unbelievable to me. And I've heard every single wacky argument, or at least that's what I that's what I thought. What am I referring to? As you guys know, um, Gilbert Arenas has a podcast. It's called Gil's Arena. Usually, it's himself. In terms of we're talking about NBA players, himself, Kenyon Martin, uh, Rashard McCamp. and Brandon Jennings. And then from that point, they then bring on various guests. Uh, they will bring on uh, the the last one was Patrick Beverly. They had they had an electrifying, uh, you know, conversation. There was a lot from there, especially between Patrick Beverly and Rashard McCann. So then yesterday I saw a clip that was presented to me on Instagram, and this clip was featuring Rich Paul, and the clip essentially has something to the effect of MJ never faced this and this and that. And I was like, okay. Here we go with the BS. So Rich Paul starts saying this, and I said, okay, I got to go look for the original video of him discussing this. So I search for the video, and I find it from Gilbert Arenas' uh, podcast. Thank God his podcast has the timestamps where you know exactly what he's talking. I don't know what some of these shows think that have a two-hour show, and I'm going to sit down and listen. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. So thank God uh, the timestamps existed within this particular show. So I was able to go exactly to the point that I wanted to uh, you know, um, that I was interested in. So I started listening to this clip. And the first thing before I even go further is this, man. Listen, for these guys that have these podcasts and you bring on guests, can, 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 we, can we get a little bit of pushback? Is everything a guest saying innovative? Everything is like, wow. Everything is like, that's deep. Everything is like word. Like, yo, can we get some pushback? Can somebody be like, yo, you capping. Can somebody just stand up in the corner and be like, yo, you capping right now and really get an interesting back and forth going. It's like they bring these guests on and you agree with every single thing that they say all the way to the end of the show. I'm like, yo, what's like, can we get some balance here? So they brought up this LeBron James, Michael Jordan kind of comparison that these guys, I don't know why they still continue to try to do this, but they brought it up. And then Rich Paul started talking And he started bringing up some irrelevant point that nobody was even thinking about. Nobody was even caring about. And he thought that by bringing up this point, it would somehow change some minds to be like, oh, well, you know, mm, uh, yeah, now I can actually see why LeBron should be considered the GOAT. It was that bad. But before we even get into how bad that was, because I was actually nauseated by the time I was finished listening to it, but before I even get to that, this video is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals, 
Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is the dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you want to give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com slash dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember, when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So let me just get into the comments that Rich Paul made. We want to play it for you guys. It's a little bit lengthy. I apologize if your head starts hurting while listening to it. Please just bear with me and take a listen to what Rich Paul had to say here. And then we'll come back and continue off the show. Take a listen to that. Mike transcended the game. When Kobe came, Kobe was a silhouette of Mike, mm -hmm. right? That's everything, which is great. But LeBron is the first player to have to deal with a 24-7, 365, news cycle of sports and opinions from those that's not even capable or carry the, the expertise to give a valid opinion, right? Mm -hmm. In addition to, no, I'm not going to really do it how y'all want me to do it. I'm probably going to do it how I decide to do it. We all know that don't go over well, right? And so then you have this you have this environment this, and this sports society that's created, right? And, then you, and so now you have the root against. That's a whole nother thing that Mike never had to deal with because his hardest critic was probably Peter Vesey. Yep. <laughs> Straight up. You see what I'm saying? You're Peter Vesey. But I just think LeBron's antlers is in platinum and Michael's may be in gold. Why? Because when you think about, he had to be compared to Mike. Who did Mike have to be compared to? Talk about it. Right? You talk about, oh, he lost this X amount of finals. Well, how many finals you been to? Two. How hard was it to get there? Extremely. <laughs> how many finals you been to? Not a goddamn one. What about you? Why didn't you go? Hard. We talking about four guys, <clears throat> three lottery picks, a guy who a rule, the Gilbert Arenas rule is created created for him, because of him. You know? But then you gotta also think about when LeBron came into the league. Yep. T Mac, <clears throat> Paul Pierce, AI. Kobe, you had all these guys, and we're talking about this kid. We just saw the clip of his teammates. Oh, he's gonna have to join the bandwagon. Oh, huh? Man. And D Miles, my man. Mom was a sweetheart. D Miles took, you know, welcomed me with open arms. Can't blame him for that. Nah. He don't know what's getting ready to take place. Nobody did. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But yet and still, this is what you get. So now when you talk about the GOAT. Okay, the man made a decision to go to Miami. Whether you like it or not, every kid today is saying what? I'm taking my talents too. It was just ahead of his time. It's okay for us to say that. He was the first social media athlete of anything. It's okay for us to say it was ahead of his time. Now, I never think it's an easy way to break up with anybody, especially your wife or, mm -hmm. you know, or franchise that drafted you from home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Maybe not necessarily the best decision optically, yep. but the thought and the intent of it was genuine from the heart. Boys and girls, you know, but you talk about propaganda, so it's a different dynamic, right? Then we, the, the narrative of, okay, well, I, you know, he went to Miami, 
and, you know, they made them this way. What? Now, what, what did help was infrastructure, consistency, professionalism, which LeBron's always had. That's no question about that. But I'm saying overall, from a culture perspective, right? Organization. Organization, yep. which was all great. But to create this narrative of he needed somebody and they, you know, no, it's a shared need. Because mm -hmm. if I don't go there, they don't win. What are you talking about? You, you, you get what I'm saying? Now, that's not coming. If, if you ask anybody in the Heat organization, at least me, they, they'll tell you how much they appreciate it, still appreciate it. You get what I'm saying? But the narrative from the media perspective was something totally, totally different. So when you just get into that GOAT conversation, and I always say this, comparisons are the thief of joy. But Michael's a GOAT, no question about it. But LJ's a GOAT as well. He came in, $100 million contract. Think people like that? There hasn't been one since, and it won't be one. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a good segue for you, Joe. It won't be one. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Because shoe deals ain't what they used to be. But I'm just saying, when you talk about all the teammates around him that got paid, all the coaches that got paid, all the Lance Blanks, Chris Grant, Danny Ferry, um, you know, Wes Wilcox was there. He's a GM. Yep. You know, when you, when you just really break down oh, the, the impact, impact mm -hmm. right, how could you say that this man is not a GOAT? I think 07, taking Eric Snow and Ilgowskis and Sasha Pavlovich to the yeah, finals. To the finals. First time. First time. That yeah, team was I think, trash. I think Storm, I'm not going to say all that. I'm I mean, not saying that. that. Right, that trash, was a, but they wasn't yeah. champion. No, I'm they just saying, going to the at championship. 22 good. years of age, he took the team to the finals, yeah. right? As the underdog, always been the underdog. Mm -hmm. Every finals he ever played outside of 2012 and maybe 2011 was the underdog, right? Um, for the most part. So that's, that was the turning point. 29 straight against Detroit was the turning point. Yeah, yeah, my bad, yeah, I forgot that so game. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the turning point. So you heard what he had to say. Oh my Lord, these dudes, man. These dudes, these dudes. I don't know what are we what are we gonna do with these people, man. What are we what are we gonna do with these people? What are we gonna do with these people? So basically, it's not about winning. It's about getting there. And please help me understand. Just because LeBron got criticized, according to him. LeBron has been criticized or scrutinized more by the media. Help me understand, how does that make him better than Michael Jordan? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. So if people said things about LeBron in the media, what does that have to do with what's happening on the court? What does that have to do with those finals losses? What does that have to do with the fact that MJ has 10 scoring titles or has six MVPs in the, in the finals or six championships or the highest regular season scoring average in NBA history, the highest playoff scoring average in NBA history, the highest finals average in NBA. What do, what does that have to do with anything? It has absolutely nothing to do with anything relevant. So the, the, the question then becomes, why did you bring it up? Why did you bring it up? He then went on to make another ridiculous uh, point about the ratings that LeBron generated. These guys, let me tell you something. These guys make things up because they know their, 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 their base, their followers don't do research. They know that. They're just making things up. If you've been following the NBA like some of us have, you will know that the viewership has actually been going down. Who doesn't know this? Except these guys. Who does not know? There's data that shows this. Do you realize that the most viewed NBA finals ever involved Michael Jordan? In, in the 98 Chicago Bulls, do you know that game six of that NBA Finals got brought in 35.89 million viewers? Do you know that an NBA Finals since then has not even sniffed that number whatsoever? 
These guys are just making things. Even the Cleveland Cavaliers with the Golden State Warriors, they were averaging around 20 to 17 million viewers. Their highest peak, this is when you had Stephen Curry, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, all of those guys. The highest view game was back in, two, uh, it was in game seven in 2016. And that game got 31 million views, uh, viewers. 31 million viewers. Nobody created more interest for fans, for the casual fan, than Michael Jordan did when he was playing in the NBA. This is a fact. They're just, these guys just simply make up things. They're just talking. They're just inventing reality. Who in your, who in their right mind would make an argument that LeBron brings in more viewership numbers than Michael? Who would do that except these dudes? It's only these dudes that would bring up these points. It's unbelievable to me that he even tried to make a point. Then he brought up the most, the most disgusting, shameful point of them all. Do you know what Rich Paul said? He said that eight of the 10 finals that LeBron James played in, he was the under. Before I even annihilate that point, this guy is trying to make an excuse for losing. He's actually trying to normalize losing and second place prizes. These are the people that create participa participation trophies. That's what it is. Oh, don't feel too bad. At least you made it there. Don't feel too bad. Yeah, I know you wanted to be number one, but ah, it's not too bad. What kind of lousy thinking is this? If you win, you'll take all the credit. If you lose, you find a way to still take credit. What, what, what is this? LeBron was an underdog in eight of the 10 finals he played in. Okay, let's just go through a few. LeBron made it to the finals in 2011. Was he the underdog with the Miami Heat and the Dirks Mavs? Well, you would have to be a flagrant idiot to say the otherwise. Obviously, they weren't. The next one, were they the underdogs against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Help me figure it out. If LeBron is the best player in the world, how could he be the underdog when he's playing with another Hall of Famer and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh? And they won that finals, right? Good. Then there was one against the Spurs. He was the underdog with an old Tim Duncan and all of that stuff. And then they'll say, well, okay, nobody can beat the Spurs. Okay, good. So now he was the underdog. He got beat because he was the underdog, not because he got beat. Good. We then move forward. The one with the Cavs when Kyrie, that series when Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt and he was playing in that one, I'll give you that one. The next one, I got some pertinent information for you guys here. In the 2017 NBA Finals, let me give you guys some numbers because this is their claim to fame. LeBron loses. He lost because he had no chance. How could you expect him to win? He didn't have a chance. Come on, give the guy a give the guy a, give, give him a chance. The trio of LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love in that final 2017 finals averaged 79 points per game, 27.2 rebounds per game, 15.4 assists per game, 4.4.4.6 steals. The trio of, of Kev, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and Klay Thompson averaged 78.4 points per game, 21 rebounds, that trio, and 17 assists with 3.5 steals per game. The LeBron Cavs trio outscored them, out-rebounded them, and stole the ball more than them. Does that sound like a heavy mismatch? Help me figure it out. Because all it sounds like to me is, is excuse-making. Excuse making. That's all it sounds like. To address one of his final points, he brought up the fact that LeBron has gone to the NBA Finals so many times. Let's ask the question, how was he able to do that? Help me figure it out. How was LeBron able to go to the NBA Finals so many times in his career in the Eastern Conference? How was he able to do that? How was he able to do that? 
I'll tell you. The reason LeBron was able to go to so many NBA finals is because in round one, when he was playing in, 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 in the Eastern Conference, he was facing 41 and 41 teams, 500 teams. When Kobe and those boys were going to the finals, they were f- facing 50 win teams to start the playoffs. When Kobe was playing in the Western Conference, you needed at least a 50 win record to even make it into the playoffs. At least for the two years, that two years, Kobe, those back-to-back chips, do you know Kobe Bryant beat more in the span of two seasons? Do you know he beat more 50-win teams than all of Magic Johnson ever beat in his career? Do, are you are y'all aware of this? Who would have, who the juggernauts, LeBron and these, they were playing weak-ass teams and then they got to the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, then they would face one team. There was some years in the Eastern Conference there was some years in the Eastern Conference that only two or three teams that were in the playoffs would win at least 50 games. Do y'all know this? <sighs> to me, I think they need to let this thing go. They need to let it go. These points these guys are trying to make is pathetic it is pathetic they are pathetic points pathetic points it's really embarrassing i gotta say these are lame points to make it's like you're looking for sympathy well but see what happened here this is why he should be the goat come on he lost Give me something. This is embarrassing. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. There's a little bit of back and forth going on in the media right now, and it's between Stephen A. Smith and Rich Paul. Let me give you guys the background. About, I'll say, two weeks ago, Stephen A. Smith went on Paul George's podcast, a very successful podcast. The last time I checked that that episode, the full one at least, has 1.2 million views. The last time I checked. Good. So he was on there to kind of address some of the comments of Paul George and Jackie Long and made it by him. And then they went back and forth or whatever it was. But it was a very successful show. In the midst of that, Stephen A. Smith basically called out LeBron and his camp for always making excuses and always trying to change the narrative. He spoke about his annoyance uh, with dealing with that camp, especially when it comes to criticism and all of these things, because they always try to blame, deflect, or change the conversation and take it in an absolutely uh, different direction. As he was talking, he then goes on to describe uh, uh, an interaction that he had with himself and the agent, uh, I mean, the CEO of Clutch Sports and the agent of LeBron James, Rich Paul. Where basically he told he's like, you act like me having LeBron number two all times of disrespect. And Rich Paul was like, Yeah, that's disrespectful. And he's like, yo, get the F out, get, get, the, get the F out of my face. So what we want to do is we want to quickly play some of it, what he had to say about that to the original audio to give this show some context, and then we'll continue on uh what he had, uh, what was said. So take a listen to that there. You got LeBron. He used to drive me crazy with this. And that's why I came up with the tick on, on television. When I said, great dad, great husband, great director, great actor, great businessman. I did, I did all of that. I said, did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? Because I got him as the second best player in the history of basketball. I got him ahead of Kareem. I got him behind no one but Jordan. And I said to Mr. Chirper himself, Chris Paul, I mean, Rich Paul, my boy. And, and I said, you act like that's an insult. <laughs> this dude, it is an insult. I said, get the f- out of my face. Get the f- out of my face. This is exactly what I said to him. I don't want to talk to you no more. You can't talk to me about it. When you're going to treat me like I'm disrespecting a man by calling him in the history of the game that started in 1947, you're going to tell me that I am disrespecting a man by having him number two all the time. You have lost your damn mind. I'm not talking to you. And so what I'm saying is this. You got cats that want the lofty accolades. They want the, the, to be renowned for this. And they want to be recognized as that. But LeBron, and you know this, you're going to start laughing when I say this, because he's done this before. LeBron. Because I'm the best in the world. Doing the finals. Remember that? When he's playing goes, I'm the best in the world, which he was. You know, that's how he felt, blah, blah, blah. 
they lose. <laughs> Another year wasn't the same series. Another year. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be best father that I could be and, you know, be a good role model. God damn it, nobody's talking about that, man. You know good and damn well we talking about that damn jump shot you were shooting where you shot two for ten. Stop it. You know, we, we nobody's questioning your character. You didn't ball that day. You didn't ball. Why, why, why are you going to go there? You trying to be slick. You damn right he did it. And it's like, you, you, you're trying to be slick. Can we stick to ball, please? Nobody questioned your character. Nobody sat up there and said you're a scourge of the earth. You're not a role model. We don't love you. We don't care about you. Yo. You f***ed up. You played bad that day. You play good tomorrow. So you heard what Stephen A. Smith said there. Fantastic. So what happened? This morning, uh, I was doing some research, and I came across some information surrounding Rich Paul's visit to Gilbert Arenas' show, Gil's Arena. Now, funny enough, I actually saw when it was taking place live, but when I clicked on it, I didn't know where they were in the conversation, so I didn't listen to it. So I was like, okay, maybe when it's when it's over then I'll have a chance to sit down and really digest what was said here. And then I'll go ahead and figure out, um, you know, what, what I'm going to talk about based on what was said. But anyway, during that sit down, they brought up the comments that Stephen A. Smith made on the Paul George podcast. And when they played it for Rich Paul, basically Rich Paul was saying that that never happened. So what we want to do is want to play what Rich Paul had to say on Gilbert Arena's show. And then we're going to come back and get into uh, the meat and potatoes of this particular show here. So take a listen to what Rich Paul had to say there. Let's talk a little bit about that disrespect. Uh, Stephen A. Smith went on the podcast P show recently. Cap. We're going to get there. Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. He, he had this to say uh, about when he told you he had LeBron at number two. We got you here. So I need to know on the record, did Stephen A. really tell you get, get the f*** out of my face? So from you that really look, answer that question. I'm, I just need to hear a cap one more time. Come on, man. Anybody in the world know me, he's not going to say that to me, yeah, first of all. That doesn't now, matter response. Now, if you want to add context to it, because, you know, Stephen yeah. asked my guy. We have cordial conversation. But I'm not, you know, I'm, I can debate all day long. So when you talk about <clears throat> there's no such thing as get the out of my face, no. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you can say... Oh, man, get out of here. Let's just add context for the viewers, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Okay, so we move on. Um, the reality of it is this. When you talk about number one versus number two, he's number one for him, you know, in the greatest of his time or our time in that perspective. Michael Jordan was my favorite player growing up. Mm -hmm. I've had every shoe ever made up to 14 when it started getting a little weird. Mm -hmm. But but at the end of the day, that was me, yep. right? So you heard what Rich Paul had to say that basically he calls Cap and that didn't happen and blah, 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 blah. What happened? Today, Stephen A. Smith heard about it on ESPN First Take and he actually called Rich Paul out by basically saying, bro, bro. That's what I said to you, but I said it to you in jest. I said it to you like we're joking. Like what friends do. Like, yo, bro, get the F out of here with this. Ha ha ha. This type of man, get the but not like shoot, like, yo, get the it wasn't like it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't anything confrontational. It was more conversational and something that probably was said between people that have a relationship. So I don't think when Stephen A. Smith said it, um, he was saying it like I sunned Rich Paul. But maybe because people don't know the extent of their relationship, maybe some people would hear what he had to say and say, well, you know, and Rich Paul may hear that and say, because people don't know the backstory between you and I and they don't know our relationship, some people may hear what you just said and feel like you just disrespected me or shunned me. So I think there was a part of that of Rich Paul coming out to kind of say, no, 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 that's not what happened. Take it easy. Uh, slow your roll that's not the deal here right so i can understand uh rich taking that particular uh position there to me um we'll never know because it's now turned into one of those situations situations where it's he is is is, is 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 what he said versus what the other person said and the only people can that can now verify what, what was actually said are the people there and since no one watching the show is actually there i don't know 
I don't know. But I think that Rich Paul had to come out there and make that statement. So it wouldn't look like, you know, Stephen A. Smith was sunning him. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. We're going to piss off some people on this show here, but I don't care. You know why? I'll tell you why I don't care. The reason I don't care is simply this. Some of these folks out here that despise some of the views that we take. What gets me is that you despise all of our views, but yet you're always here watching. Every single day under the sun, you're here watching. It has gotten to the point where some of my sons and my daughters, they know who they are. My daughters, they they, they, they know who they are. They're biting me like a shark. You know, I, I see you. I see you. You got to because you're too stupid to do it on your own. So you got to follow me. I'll, I'll show you the way. I'll show you the way. She knows who she is. Um, some of my daughters, they've even gotten to the point where now they're looking up videos of that we produced four years ago. Oh, look look because these are dumb you know what so the people that follow them are probably dumb you know what so in their mind when they said it they thought they made a point but in reality they're dumb so he was like yo look 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 they still riding this wave oh look you need lbj for views but when you said something nice about lebron you ain't got no views four years ago how big was our channel help me figure it out how big was our channel four years ago for sure it was less than ten thousand subs this is what happens when you're slow. You say slow things. So that's the first part. They now thought they was exposing me because I said something nice about LeBron. But then these are the same morons that are running around talking about all you do is say negative things about LeBron, folks. This is the level of reasoning at. This is who they're trying to turn into their hero. My little daughter, Suzette. Keep it up, Suzette. Who knows? Keep it up. Maybe you get somewhere with it. But anyway, let me get back to the main show. As you guys know, Shannon Sharp has officially joined ESPN First Take. And a lot of us were excited to see this pairing because I think many of us envisioned them having some electrifying moments on television. And to be quite frank with you, that is exactly what took place today. Now, a few things about Shannon. I like Shannon Sharp. I've said it in many shows. I said I wish him success. The only thing I can't vibe with him is his LeBron takes, which are just absolutely outlandish. But anyway, uh, Shannon Sharp goes on there today and they're discussing LeBron James and they're discussing some comments that his agent, Rich Paul had to make, which everybody's roasting him all over the internet for that madness that he tried to get across. I mean, it's that bad. So he went up there and said some kind of wacky, ridiculous nonsense, right? Now in the past, what would happen is Shannon was debating against Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is an older guy, I believe he's in his seventies and he would make a point Skip wouldn't be able to capitalize on his point. And this would have gone on for years. And then people would actually think, man, Shannon is making a case. Man, I think Shannon, I think this guy's making a case. But people that can reason properly, they will understand, wait a minute, this guy here is not making any good sense here. So he was able to get away with it. But what happened? Now that he's been dealing with Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith is just as witty as him. He's just as sharp as him. He's just as aggressive as he is. So whenever Shannon Shaw comes to the point, Stephen A. Smith is able to rebut extremely quickly. And essentially... That's what happened today. What am I talking about? They're there discussing this topic about what Rich Paul said, which to me is incredible for two reasons. Number one, he said no one has had the criticism that LeBron has had in the media. Have you ever heard of Cristiano Ronaldo? But fine, we'll leave that out because most people don't pay attention to the world. Then he went, Michael Jordan never got, and then, and then after he said that, the second point was, what does this have to do with the price of bread? Like, what what, what, what relevance does this comment have to say, uh, have to make? So he brought up the comment. The minute Stephen A. Smith addressed what Shannon Sharp had to say, I thought he totally dismantled Shannon Sharp all over on, on, on live TV. But before we get into his comments, this video is brought to you by our new sponsor, Factor Meals, America's number one ready to eat meal kit. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, 
pick out fresh ingredients and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready to eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you want to give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com slash dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember, when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what we want to do is we want to play this exchange for you. It's very long, but we're going to play the parts that we think are uh, uh, that we think are important. And then we're going to come back and continue on with the show. Take a listen to this part here. Does LeBron face tougher scrutiny than Michael Jordan did? Yes, because, and look, we're not having to get into the who's the better player. We'll debate that another day. But we're just talking about the scrutiny that LeBron has to go through. Because there was because there was no social media. Okay. And Rich Paul is absolutely right. There was no 24 hours, seven days a week, 365, mm -hmm. in which we had an idea. And what the internet has done is turned the common person into a head coach, into a general manager, into a scout, into a professional athlete, into all these things. So now they get to have an opinion. See, Michael, Michael would score 50 points. And they never said, well, Larry would have scored 65. Magic would have gave you 80. But if LeBron gets a triple-double, then they said, man, Kobe Jordan would have had 73, 76 points. So that's what he's up against. And the scrutiny of having to go out on a nightly basis, it, Jordan never had to worry about that. Never, ever had to worry about what, what the camera, the paparazzi, the do you know how many relationships, do you know how many businesses have been ruined with this? That camera phone? Woo-wee! Can you get a camera phone, Stephen A? Look, you see Stephen A, look. The man said in the last dance, this is why he said he retired, Molly. Yeah. He said he retired due to mental fatigue and burnout. The first to retire or the second one? He said the first one. No, I'm talking, you're talking about Jordan. Jordan. Yes. The first one. The first one. Go ahead, go ahead. Can you imagine? LeBron says, I don't get tired. That's a lie. Everybody get tired. What you mean you don't get tired? You human, just like everybody else. Michael Jordan can tell you something. Nah, that he ain't mean that. He just playing with y'all because he wants y'all to. No, you know that and I know that, right. Stephen A. Right. We can debate who was the better player. Mm -hmm. But the scrutiny that LeBron James has had to go through, no other player, no other athlete in the history of the game now, we're not talking about what, what Ali had to go through and stuff like that, but we're talking about when you just critique on court or on field or on ring uh, 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 accomplishments yeah. and what he had to undertake, nobody has had to bear the brunt like LeBron James. <sighs> Your take on this particular issue, Shannon, is laughable. But I understand, and I forgive you. <laughs> and the reason I forgive you, Shannon Sharp, is because even though you were born in 1968, June of 1968, 68. if I remember correctly, yeah. I think it's important to remember that you were a star athlete on every level. Yes. High school, college, mm -hmm. pros. Yes. So you weren't in the media at that particular moment in time. I can assure you there was scrutiny that came Michael Jordan's way. But I'll get to that in a second. Now let me get back to the subject and why you're wrong. You talk about the age of social media. Yes. And the scrutiny. Yes. You don't talk enough about the resources today's generation of players because of the money that they're getting paid, what they have available to them to ward off the cynicism and the scrutiny. 
You see what I'm saying? Michael Jordan was under a microscope. And you got to remember, even though LeBron is clearly the biggest star, right. there are a plethora of stars in the NBA because the NBA has globalized this brand right. and so many guys are their own individual entities and corporations. Right. LeBron is one of many. Now, he's at the top. Right. But he's one of many. Right. There was no one in Jordan's class. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird Basically saved the NBA. Right. Jordan was the one that took it to another level right. and, glo and globalized that brand. And because of the greatness that was far and apart separate from any level of separation that LeBron James has been able to create with his brethren, that put Jordan in the eye of the storm because he stood alone. Right. It was, he, did, he didn't have company, Shannon. He was all by himself. And by the way, you said that the scrutiny and the camera phone, whoo! Remember what you just yeah, said? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you remember Atlantic City? Yeah. When he was going up against the right. Knicks in the place? Would you say that Jordan is a less polarizing figure? Like fans were more behind Jordan than they are yeah, LeBron? They, yeah. Well, yes, but here's the reason why. A, because Jordan won. B, because he was assassin, an assassin while doing so, and he was unapologetic about it. And you had most people preoccupied with taking him down as a winner. You had, outside of Chicago, you had people that wanted him to lose. They wanted yeah, right. to beat him. And so the focus was on basketball. Because of the advent of social media and how LeBron has expanded, he's capitalized right. for Jordan, Magic, yeah. Kobe, and yeah. others, yeah. and really took it to another level yeah. business-wise. Not for Jordan, because nobody's bigger than Jordan with the business mm -hmm. side. But because he took it to another level business-wise, LeBron has opened himself up for scrutiny in different avenues. So you heard the exchange. Between these, between these two uh, gentlemen here. Here's my question. How will this point that Rich Paul brought up, how is this going to affect the events that have already occurred on the court between MJ and LeBron James. This is my question. Because what this seems like, and I'm just being honest with you guys, it seems like a cry for sympathy. It seems like they're trying to get the sympathetic votes. That's what it seems like. We even put up a comment on our channel in response to this. We said, so MJ, Kobe never got criticized, laughing out loud. This is becoming laughable. Now the GOAT debate is about the internet. Laughing out loud. It's a wrap for Shannon. This is the end of these lame excuses. Thank you, Lord. One person responds, bon, uh, Braun faced more criticism. That's really not arguable. And I responded, who cares? Who cares? What does that have to do with how he has played over the course of his career? To me, this is what you call a deflection. They're trying to deflect and change the argument to take it to some irrelevant place. Because if we start going down the rabbit hole of, oh, yes, LeBron faced more criticism than MJ, then it's going to be, the reason, so therefore, the reason LeBron didn't win as much as MJ, or rather, so you have to clap your hands for him because he was able to win under these circumstances. It's all, it's, 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 it is lame. It is lame. It's a bad argument to make. It is ridiculous to bring up this point. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And then what happens is they try to create an echo chamber of people that will now agree with them. And then all of a sudden, oh, my God, we're making a point. I think points like this dumb people down. What Shannon Sharp was talking about, I don't know. Since when did the GOAT debate now become, oh, it's about who got more criticism? It's no longer about what was accomplished. It's to me is all about how many excuses can we make? How many possible excuses can we make in order for this thing to be? A, let me ask you guys a question. Of all the potential top five players in NBA history, 
of all of these guys, name a player that needs more concessions and more excuses to be in the top five than LeBron James. Name the player. Name the player. Who's the player? Name the player that needs more excuses to be in the top five than LeBron. Name the guy. Who is the guy? The fact that he even brought up um, 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 being criticized and he mentioned Jordan and Kobe is laughable. It is actually laughable. Those two gentlemen went through real life events. Michael Jordan in the case of his father. This is a real life event. Not my decision to go from Miami, uh, go from Cleveland to Miami. That's not a real life event. Kobe went through a, a court case, and I'm, I'm not going to mention the word, a court case. We know what he was being accused of. That would have cost him his freedom. Kobe in the process of that lost endorsements. It's even to the point that after his passing, people like Gail King were still trying to bring it up. It's even to the point where now, if you bring it up, some disgusting people will still bring it up in the comment sections when you're talking about Kobe. A case that he won, by the way. A case that was dropped or whatever. They will still bring that up. So Kobe Bryant was not criticized. No, help me figure it out. He's not. He, was, he wasn't criticized. But then, it, it causes us to... Forget about the biggest question we need to ask ourselves, which is this. Rich Paul said, no one has received more criticism than LeBron. The question we got to ask ourselves is, what was LeBron being criticized for? What was LeBron James being criticized for? Help me figure it out. When LeBron won the, took the, the Cavaliers, I think at, at age 22 to the NBA Finals and they lost, who talks about that? What was the criticism? Everybody said he was too, he was a young kid. What was the criticism around that? The criticism for LeBron started, and I'll tell you when. It started when, during LeBron's early days as a Cleveland Cavalier, LeBron was, he had, he didn't know how to conduct himself as a competitor, whenever his team would be up and other teams would be losing, LeBron would be dancing on the sideline. That Let me tell you guys, from maybe you don't know. LeBron used to dance and be dancing on the court while other teams were losing. In some cases, if a team was being blown out, he'd be there flipping bottles and playing. And people started criticizing him for saying that's unsportsmanlike. That's unsportsmanlike. Now, if you're saying that people shouldn't have an opinion on that, that means you're a D-rider because everybody should expect accept what you do without any criticism. It started there. Then, LeBron then decided on his own, on his own, after he lost the NBA Finals, or rather before that, he decided to go on Cleveland and publicize it on television. And publicize it on television. A bad move. And people criticize him for that. Which was self-inflicted. He then goes to Miami. Loses. Then he wears a shirt. Check my stats. And in the press conference. They were asking him about losing. He then basically says to the people. You guys can say whatever you want about me. I'm going to go on to live my rich. Fantastic life. When you go back to living your poor. Regular life. That was LeBron. We then continue on. He played. He won some championships. He lost. He got criticized as he should, as anybody should. He's not exempt from it. Then what happens? LeBron starts becoming political. Do you know how much of an idiot you have to be to take political views and not expect criticism? That means you're a flagrant idiot. The two most divisive things in the world are religion and politics. And the minute you step foot into the political arena, 
regardless of your political leanings, you're going to get criticized. Who doesn't know that? You want people to feel sympathetic for having political views? What do you think is going to happen? If I agree with your views or disagree with your views, it's irrelevant. The fact is, once you step into the political arena, people are going to have a, 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 a they're going to have some opinions on you. This goes for everybody and nobody's exempt. You're going to tell me LeBron didn't know that. Or he should be exempt from it. He should be exempt from it. So he should have a political view and people shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion on it, whether they agree or disagree. What are we talking about here? So the question I got to ask is when you talk about people coming after him, what are we talking about? And finally, I'll close with this. Criticize by who? Let's go to the media. Who are the LeBron guys? Kendrick Perkins, Jay Williams, Stephen A. Smith to an extent, uh, Shannon Sharp, Nick Wright. Uh, who else? Emmanuel Acho. Uh, who else? Chris Broussard. Uh, uh, who else can I think? Who else? Uh, JJ Reddick. Who else am I missing? Who else am I missing? Who are the anti-LeBron guys in media? Oh, Callan Cowherd. Who are the anti-LeBron guys? Name them. Skip Bayless. Who else? Rob Parker. Who else? To me, it sounds like a bunch of whining. And, oh, if you're not saying nice things about me, I'm, you're, you're not my friend, so don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. I don't like when you talk about me. And that's why Stephen A. Smith used to come up with that thing about Great Dagger, because he knows that these dudes are sensitive. He knows this. This is nauseating. The constant whining and the complaining and the whining and the complaining this fan base, y'all don't get tired of whining? Shit, like, y'all don't get tired? Pull up your skirt. Oh, my God, it's off. Like, come on, you a dude. Like, this is what dudes go through. Sorry to tell you. You're a guy. You're going to get comp. You're going to get criticized. Life is going to be hard. You're a guy. Oh, my Lord. What's so... I'm done. Like, I'm done. These guys are always complaining and whining about something. I don't get it. Y'all are dudes. What are we doing? You guys are dudes. Man up. Take it on the chin. Let's move on. What's going on with all of this whining and complaining? Good Lord. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.